0: Hello and welcome to Theoretically Theatrical. In this series, we peek behind the curtain and explore the world of performance. Today, we'll be taking a look at pantomime. Oh no, we won't! Oh yes, we will! If you grew up in the UK or Ireland, then you've almost certainly been to a pantomime. For some people, it's part of their Christmas traditions to go along and get in the holiday spirit. We see adverts for them in the train stations or pushed through our letterboxes, usually highlighting a celebrity star that you are vaguely recognised from the television. We know when to laugh or cheer or boo and sing and dance along. These rituals are so normal for us that we rarely think about why we do them. The earliest form of pantomime that we would still recognise can be found in records from the Middle Ages. They grew out of miracle plays and pageants, which already had some recognisable elements, such as magic, morality tales, challenging gender roles, and, of course, rude jokes. As the public's taste changed, performers incorporated aspects from Commedia dell'arte from Italy and musical traditions. Pantomime has always been very adaptable and takes on new ideas to keep itself fresh while always staying true to its core spirit. This practice of borrowing every theatrical convention that wasn't nailed down has ensured their survival to the modern day. There are some aspects that are almost always present. Pantomimes frequently use folk tales for the basis of their stories. There will be plenty of songs and dances, some of which the audience will be asked to join in with. Comedy is a must-have. There will definitely be slapstick humour with lots of pratfalls and Three Stooges-esque violence, along with innuendo that sails right over the heads of the children and hits the adults right in the funny bone. There will definitely be cross-dressing, which was pioneered by comedian Joseph Grimaldi, who delighted in playing comedic female roles. Grimaldi was incredibly important to the history of pantomime and deserves an episode of his own. Continuing the cross-dressing tradition, it became common for young male characters such as Dick Whittington to be played by women, like the Queen of Pantomime, Dorothy Ward. Stock characters populate pantomime, giving the audience handhold so that they can be quickly invested without too much exposition. We already know these characters, and so we are ready to love them. Classic characters include the Harlequin, the Clown, the Dastardly Villain, and arguably the most important of all, the Dame. The panto dame is a warm and funny character, and is without fail a female character played by a man. According to the writer, actor, and renowned pantomime dame Frank Vickery, playing the dame, you can't think, I'm not firing on all cylinders today. So, uh, I'm not firing on all cylinders today, so I'll just pull back a bit. You cannot do that. You have to give it everything. The kids demand it, and you yourself, from an actor's viewpoint, can't just wing it. You have to give it everything. That's where the fun is. It wouldn't be as rewarding and as funny if you didn't give it 110%. Vickery tells us that a successful Dane performance must have a good sense of… timing to push the comedy, but there's absolutely nothing subtle about the role. There has to be lots of overacting, and a sense of fun is a must-have. It didn't take long for pantomimes to do what they do best and incorporate successful ideas. Christmas had become the main time for children to visit the theatre, and pantomime was there to delight them. The fairy tale themes took centre stage, bolstered by increasingly witty humour. Using big names to draw in an audience goes back to the 1870s, and Augusta Harris, the manager of Drury Lane Theatre, who was given the title of the father of pantomime. By casting hall stars in big roles and making his shows the most lavish and beautiful events of the year, he set the path for the future of pantomime. They became so fashionable that theatres across the country had to step up to meet the demand. Modern pantomime carries on its tradition by hoovering up all that it touches, by using modern music hits and topical humour. Financially, pantomimes are often a fairy godmother to the theatres that they perform in, They can bring in enough money to fund next year's productions. The magic pantomime tells poor little waiting for Godot that they shall go to the ball. For an insight into the importance of pantomimes to your local theatres, let's speak to friend of the show, Katrina Scott. Well, thank you very much for speaking to me today. You're very welcome. Lovely to be here again. <laughs> I, I, I love having you on the podcast because you always have such a rounded perspective on whatever we're talking about.
1: Well, thank you very much. I think, I think it comes from, you know, two degrees in writing stuff down. You kind of get used to looking at all the different angles. <laughs> <laughs> I know you grew up all over the place. So I don't know if you had quite the same experience, but pantomime
0: was a very Christmassy thing.
1: Yeah, def- definitely. I mean, at, you're right, I didn't grow up with it all the time. But when I was little, when I was a little baby, um, we we did go when we were in uh, the UK. Uh, obviously, when we moved, it's not a thing really abroad. So I didn't see any Pantos kind of um, for a few years. Um, but then since coming back to the UK, we've made Panto into kind of a Christmas tradition again. So it's quite nice to, to go back and uh, to see the Panto.
0: You have the the unique ability of of being both British and an outsider uh, to you've seen what pe- how the the fact that pantomime isn't a common thing mm-hmm. in other mm-hmm. countries.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have. I remember when I was a student actually at uni and I had an American friend who'd never seen a panto before, and I can't remember if I went with them to the first panto or if they just went to one and told me afterwards. But they rem- I remember them saying to me that they were so confused, but they they loved it. But it was really confusing to them. And they were like, you know, why is this happening? And why is this happening? But, you know, it had been explained to them by another friend of theirs from the UK. I don't think it was me that explained it. But they had a great time regardless. But they they were just going, okay, so why is that, you know, woman playing a man? Why is that man playing a woman? And why are people saying... How do people know to say it's behind you, that sort of thing? Mm. Yeah. And whereas we kind of... I don't even remember getting taught. Nope, you just kind of know. You just you it's kind of this innate it's like how it's like how everybody knows the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> uh you, you don't you don't you don't remember learning them. You just know them in your soul. And I, I just feel like that's it's like with panto, it's like if you know somebody's, you know, going, Oh, where is such and such? And you you know to say it's behind them because it is behind them and it should be obvious so you have to point it out. So you're like, It's behind you. It's very
0: Clever, And that, I think that'll lead into questions I have for later about the very different style of performing. And there, I think one of the reasons that we don't feel lost is because the actors are always signaling oh, yeah. what to do mm-hmm, next. Mm-hmm. But in very subtle ways. We don't feel like we're getting our hands held. No. But like as an adult, you suddenly become very aware, wait a second.
1: <laughs> Nowadays, seeing the Panto through... It's weird to say adult, but I'm an adult. <laughs> um, seeing the panto as an adult, like, I, can, I can enjoy all of the, you know, the puerile childish humour, but I also enjoy a lot of the jokes. that Obviously, it's, it's like when you watch Disney and jokes go over your head that are meant for the adults. Um, mm. There's so many jokes that I noticed in the panto that was put on by the theatre I worked for. We did Mother Goose um, last year, and there was mm. op- there's obviously a lot of adult humour in there as well to keep the adults entertained because they've got to come with the kids maybe multiple times um Mm -hmm. and so as much as you appreciate um that you also appreciate a lot of the the references as well like with a lot of the songs there were songs kind of that were popular that that year but there were also references to other songs like at one point there was a medley and one of the songs in the medley Mm. was a parody of spando ballet uh of gold by spando ballet and Uh of course little tiny kids aren't going to get that but the no. old, older people in the audience and those of us yeah, there was who like music of a certain generation um like me, mm-hmm. um, would get <laughs> would get that so it's not just for kids and even though there is a lot of obviously childish humor in it it is for kids and adults you currently work uh, at a theater indeed i do
0: yes you've worked there for several years now and to my knowledge you have you've been around for a few of a few pantomimes in that in that theater
1: I suppose a technical term for what I used to be before I was paid, well, I still technically am, um, uh, is a uh, volunteer front of house attendant. So basically, um, the team at the theatre where I work, uh, the, uh, the front of house team is mostly made up of volunteers. Um, and so we would basically um, take people's tickets, uh, show them through their seats. Uh, if people had to leave during the show, we'd you know guide them to the exits, that sort of thing. We had little torches and radios and whatnot. Um, uh, so it felt very official Um, even though we were just volunteering um, because obviously we had to be able to communicate with the team and then now uh, I work in a box office and promotion capacity so I um, sell sell the tickets rather than taking them Um, I I have a desk now Um, (laughs) and um, I've also got an officially branded uh, uh, fleece so I'm very official right now
0: The most official. When you get the fleece, you know you're you know,
1: in. Yes, no, it's very, very cozy. <laughs>
0: um, so I appreciate <laughs> the, the fleece life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it like working
1: in the theatre when a pantomime is on? It's manic, frankly. Um, but I suppose it's more manic um, behind the the box office counter, um, purely because, obviously, um, pre pre pandemic. Uh, it would be very, very crowded, uh, very, very noisy, um, because there is lots of families, uh, lots of uh, people with kids, lots of kids generally, um, and so it meant it was really noisy. And so you'd have people, you know, trying to speak to you and say, you know, oh, where do I go for this seat? Things like that, or could I get a ticket for this? And you'd have to try and hear them over the racket. Um, so it was, it was quite, quite noisy, but in a good way. Um, I mean, at times because I've only ever actually, sadly because of covid only done one panto behind the box office i've only had one experience of it it would get a wee bit overwhelming sometimes but overall you just got this sense even though it was a bit insane of i just it's gonna sound really silly but just kind of this kind of fuzziness um Aww. just you know all these families you know all wearing their christmas jumpers you know grannies and granddads being like oh yes, yeah, so i'll get you an ice cream son or you know the, it was just lovely, it was quite a very wholesome um, sort of environment, and also, uh, as part of the promotion side of things with my job, uh, I'd also help sell the merch. So, um, as well as doing the tickets, um, we'd also have a, a rota whereby one of us would go to sell, um, you know, the basically the, the light-up stars and um, all, all the plastic stuff that is frankly too expensive, but people buy it anyway because it's part of the experience. What are the audiences generally like? Just I guess it's just because of the festive period, but people just seem a lot lighter um, than, than, I don't want to say more than usual, but there's definitely, I suppose it's to do with the fact that Panto, there's a lot of, there's a lot less seriousness, I suppose. Like sometimes, you know, people go to the theater and it's sort of like, oh yes, I'm, I'm here to see the seagull by Chekhov, you know, and it's very, there's a sort of, which is fine, you know, that that's great. Um, but, with with the, the Panther, it's very much like, oh, you know, I'm I'm here with the kids, and we're going to see Mother Goose. Please, it's a very joyous atmosphere. I mean, <laughs> that being said, um, can sometimes be a bit stressful because it's so packed, um, and because people, you know, we're trying, to, you know, get to their seats on time, things like that. And sometimes, especially with the parking, um, parking can be a nightmare, and so people will be dashing in, and the things the panto's only just kicked off, and they're going, oh, where's our seats? Been?
0: Is it a mix of genders and ages or do you or do you see um a very specific group like is it is it families is it grandparents uh, do you or do you get couples going what, what what kind of audiences do you see
1: it is sometimes it shouldn't be but it's sometimes seen as a kind of kids show um but it, uh-huh. it shouldn't be but it sometimes sadly is but it, it's more more than that it's a family show it's got stuff mm-hmm. for kids it's got stuff for adults and also because mm. it's around the festive period a lot of the times the customers that i see would be uh, grands and granddads taking the kids mm. taking the grandkids or aunts and uncles or the whole family it's the classic you know coming together during the festive season you know everybody all the families gathered around and um, it, it's it's an event um it's kind of a it's it's a thing people put on their calendars way in advance i mean I found we were selling, started selling tickets in, oh, it would have been maybe, I want to say October, but honestly, it was probably earlier than that. It, it's a big deal because it's such a tradition.
0: Are there any, I don't want to say negative things in the crowd, but do you get crying children? Do you ever get the grumpy parents? Is that a big thing or is that not so big? At that I'd, I
1: should, I'd, say that, I'd say that's a hazard of any live situation, really, to be yeah. honest, any kind of live event, um, you do occasionally get crying children. Um, but to be fair, that's because they find it scary. Whereas as an adult, you know, it's an actor, like yeah. you've met him backstage, <laughs> you know, you've had lunch with him, yeah. you know that he's a lovely guy, Yeah, but he's on stage being evil. And you're like, ah, oh, there he goes being evil. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to say any names, but our panto crew, our panto cast that we have come to our theatre are just phenomenal and i love them Aww. and they're, they're all such lovely people that's oh. the thing that they're such wonderful actors they do such great work and they're also just so lovely off stage it's just so lovely having them in the theater and we, we all really miss them this year Aww. um it, yeah it's such a, it's such a shame because they say that our theater is uh it's their christmas home we're their christmas family Aww. so there's a lot of big sense of you know oh it's that time of year again we're off to the theatre to do the panto that's where our panto is that's our panto family you know oh. there's a definite there's such warmth to it so kind of it's
0: it. not just the audience <laughs> that makes the atmosphere it's the uh the performers as well
1: oh definitely yeah it's just you know you're walking to the green room to get your lunch and there's somebody there you know half in half out of costume having uh having a mars bar just kind of like hey what's up <laughs> Well, what's up, Bruce the Goose? And <laughs> Bruce the Goose is there with with I don't know sandwich. Like, hey, he's still got his makeup on, and it, and it, it, it's fun because it's such an event for families. There's a I feel like there can be some pressure to get it right. So it's sort of like right, okay. Um, say hypothetically we ran out of the ice cream flavor that the grandkids wanted. Yes. That would mess up the experience somewhat ah. um, that sort of thing uh, and I I don't I'm not going to name names because honestly I can't remember but mm. I did have one customer ring me and ask me what the plot was and this was before I um, I knew the plot I didn't know the plot all I knew was it was Mother Goose and we had tickets on sale that was literally it ah. she's asking me what the plot was and I said you know oh I'm afraid I don't know you know how how can I help you know what what do you need to know I can see if I can ask somebody mm. and they said well I need to know if there's any witches in it um, ah. because my my child is scared of witches, and I was like, oh, right. Ugh. It was unfortunate, because I had no idea, <laughs> so I couldn't help them. I was like, I'm really sorry, I don't know. And, you know, I, I went and I asked around, and we didn't know the plot yet, so ah. we couldn't help. But uh, the, the, the thing with the panto villain, though, is, yes, some kids can be scared of it and can cry, but I think... So even speaking as an as an adult, there's a lot of fun in just unabashedly booing somebody. You know, you, you don't you don't feel scared. You're kind of like, I know that, you know, the good guys are going to win in the end because of the tradition of the story, and therefore I can boo you without fear. You're going to turn me into something. You know, the performers playing the bad guys often
0: try really hard to be enjoyable. If you know what I mean. They're, oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they're, they're not. You're never going to see somebody coming out looking like the
1: thing. <laughs> Oh, no, no. I mean, I don't know how to say this without giving away names and things. Um, the the guy that we have who played our Panty villain last year... Yeah. we you um, give him
0: a temporary name, how about... Um, no, 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 no. Jeremy. Call him Jeremy.
1: Okay, so Jeremy, yes. <laughs> uh, so J- Jeremy, um, he... The character that he played was actually a woman. Mm. Um, so he, as a guy, was portraying uh, a woman, mm. the, uh, the Snow Queen. Mm. Um, and that that... I think added something to how convincing he was as a villain that he was able to walk about, you know, Mm -hmm. in his high heels and swishing his cape and things Mm -hmm. and was completely convincing Mm. as, as this terrifying, you know, sorceress lady queen woman uh-huh. um on occasion you know and um, the audience would, would boo when he would come on and he would turn to the audience and say something like oh come on you could do better than that oh yeah,
0: yeah um
1: and encourage the audience to boo and occasionally it would be kind of you know um he, he'd come on the audience would boo and he'd say you could do better they'd boo and say oh that's good that's rubbish you know boo boo Boomy, you hate me more than that, boomy, don't you? Boo me again, Boo so, and and and, and, the, and when at the end, you know, when they're doing all the bows, and you know that he's had a, or she, the character, has had the redemption arc. Yes,
0: that, that's another um, thing I think we should come back to later. That most pantomime villains get redeemed. Mm.
1: But he, even so, uh-huh. um, he was booed during the bouts. and that, and that, I think, is a sign of a good villain. Oh, yeah. When you get booed, when you get booed at the end, that's when you know that you've done well. Because even though you know you're you're smiling and you're bowing, mm-hmm. uh, he he'd kind of you know he he kind of curtsy you know do a smile, but then as he as he was booed, he kind of you know put the face back on the evil face and just be like point to the audience like man, I'm watch you. Like, even though <laughs> the show was over, um, yeah. There's something about that. Dramatic, and the villain comes on, at the smoke machine, and everyone in the audience goes, (laughs) just such there's such an atmosphere around that. Where you know the good guys come on, it's like, and the good guys like, hi pals, you know, and everyone goes, hi, good guys, name, yeah. But there's something about when the bad guy comes on, and everybody as one goes, (laughs) boo. I think it's possibly because uh pantomime it comes from a from a fairy tale background mm-hmm. a lot a lot of the shows mm. um and commedia dell'arte and and all of
0: that like very formulaic yes. stuff
1: mm-hmm. and, and because of that um in your head I and mean, probably not in the kid's head but in your head you know that the villain is going to have some kind of cheesy redemption arc mm. or they're gonna come out of it you know they're going to say at the end, oh, I did all this because I was lonely at Christmas or um, I did all this because I hate, you know, I thought I hated love. Actually, I just want love and I'm all alone. Um, And so despite the fact they're doing all these, you know, quote unquote, wicked things during the play, they're capturing this person and they're cursing this person and da, da, da. They're just, despite that, they're lovable.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. It's also someone you're given permission to hate.
1: You are told yes. to boo them. Yeah, I, exactly. I think it's the part of the tradition. It's part of the the fun of it is that you just get to yell at somebody and scream at them, and yeah. and, and they enjoy it. Oh, they you love know. it. The, the, they love it, and and so particularly because of you know the audience direction that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know whether that's booing the villain or whether that's um, at some point uh, they'll come out with a list of. Uh, Shout outs And saying Oh shout out to this school Or shout out to this family Who's uh, Or or whether it's You know When somebody comes out With some sweets And goes Oh look I found These these mysterious sweets I'm going to hand them out They've got better cover than that But um, (laughs) Even though The villain is being Evil Doing evil things There's a sense of Safety in it That is a perfect word for it Because of the festive atmosphere Like it's also warm and cosy and fuzzy mm-hmm. that even though the villain's being a villain, you know that they're going to have some reason for being a villain and that they're going to be redeemed. They invariably have the best outfits of the whole thing. Oh, definitely. Oh my gosh. I could go on forever about Jeremy's Snow Queen outfit. Particularly in his intro song, because every good villain has an intro song, mm-hmm. um, yeah, in his ice palace. And he had this you know, glittery uh, dress with kind of there was bits of Fur on it because obviously he's in a he's in a cold ice palace. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there was lots of glitter. and It was blue, silver, white, and the the makeup. You know the the blue lipstick, the wig, the the high heeled white sh- white boots. Mm-hmm. It all just kind of came together into this kind of very sub- <laughs> seductive. Is the wrong word.
0: <laughs> seductive. You're allowed to say. It. You're allowed to say. It was a bit sexy. Yes, it's the wrong
1: word just to throw at poor Jeremy. Um, but uh, very sort of. Oh, oh, okay. You know, like you're very aware this is a man playing a female character. But you're kind of like, oh, but at the same time, n- it's like, nice. Oh, hello, Jeremy. It's this 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 outfit, you are rocking this. You know, yes, go, um, queen, and you make it very exactly, <laughs> very, very convincing. Very, that there's you don't get a sense of this is a guy wearing a dress ponting about that you get. This is the Snow Queen, mm. and she is, you know. Rocking the the boots and the cape and
0: whatnot. This also brings us into like the traditions of pantomime because that's one of the things I like about pantomime is gender tends to go out the window a little bit. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. The British public seem to be very, very fond of. We like to see people in different ways than we would socially expect them to.
1: There's of course the tradition of the panto dame. Of course, um, of course. Uh, I don't know if it's tradition with every panto, but in the ones I've seen, the villain is usually uh, a female character played by a man. I believe that traditionally there would be male roles played by women. So it'd be sort of like a woman playing Peter Pan or a woman playing Dick Whittington. Yes. um, Which is another tradition. One thing that was in one of our pantos that I really loved was, uh, I think it was was in Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm and uh, the narrator character Valentine mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Gaston mm-hmm. um, ended up being together at the end Yay! Uh, and, they, and they were both guys and it was the cutest thing it was so lovely because basically Gaston had been kind of a geek and then the uh you know the powers of evil had made him into this sort of toxic masculinity ah, that we all know as Gaston. Yes, um, and it was kind of like, you know if you want to win Belle, then you're going to need to be like this. And he basically he came on had a song being like, "Hey Belle, you know I'm I'm super hot now. Don't you like me?" And Belle was like, "Ew, get away from me, you freak." <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the panto, he realizes that it's actually not Belle he's he he likes. It's actually Valentine, the the, the fairy who's the narrator. Oh. And it was so cute because they're together at the end and it was just the cutest thing. And I'm I'm still not over it. I feel like it's interesting that the theatre is often somewhere where
0: LGBTQ uh, people who feel different, people who perhaps are, you know, not considered normal, inverted commas, whatever the heck normal is. I know, right. <laughs> they grab, you know, we tend to gravitate towards theatre. And I feel like the pantomime because it's a Christmas, and Christmas is traditionally a time when so- social norms do get subverted anyway, the lord of misrule and all that jazz. And I feel like maybe the pantomime is thematically taking a bit of a jab and saying, look, we have, this is a person who you might think of as female, but they are dressed as a man. Here is somebody you might think of as male, but they're dressed as a woman. In regards to the, you know, the Gaston
1: Valentine thing, is that it's just accepted. You know, it's it's like, You just expect that, you know, people of any gender will get together because it's panto and it's all, you know, just a... Well, I don't want to say it's all a lark, but um, there's a sense of, you know, fun and and festivity about it and therefore it doesn't matter what happens on stage, you know, who's playing who and whatnot, as long as there's a happy ending at the end. I feel like pantomime is more subversive than we give it credit for sometimes. Oh, I definitely agree with that. Because I remember actually... Even though I was thinking, oh, this is adorable, you know, Gaston and Belle again together. Every time I'd see it happen, I would still be thinking to myself, "There's probably going to be people in this audience who are not happy with that." Mm. Um, even though there was this, you know, this I'm, I'm bringing the I'm bringing the mood down, the <laughs> lovely festive, more family panto atmosphere. Mm. I just, I, I would anticipate getting some sort of phone call, some kind of email, going, "That shouldn't be in the panto," mm. but. Despite my fear of that, that never happened because, I think, in panto, it's accepted, nay expected, for traditions to be subverted. If you could possibly pop on your reviewer hat
0: for a moment. Sure thing. I love this idea of you going over to your cupboard and you've taken off your theatre personnel hat and you've now popped on a very serious grey beanie of the reviewer.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, this is all done via audio. You did not see me take off my theater hat and put on my review hat but i did so Ooh, excellent my invisible hat <laughs> <but nevertheless. laughs> just
0: background in the background french music starts playing
1: um, <laughs> I suddenly acquire a cigarette and a mustache <laughs> <laughs> um
0: so critically what do you think are some of the uh, the key differences between a pantomime and a
1: conventional play like from a theoretical perspective I mean, obviously, you've, you know, you've got your comedies, um, you know, Midsommatic Stream, all that sort of thing, you know, Tom Stoppard, blah, blah, blah. But there's something more about a Panto in terms of the comedy, um, in terms of the sense of fun. Um, I think I said earlier, I'm not sure, um, so often people see going to theatre as an experience, kind of a cultural um, thing. It's like, we're being cultured, we're going to theatre. Um, whereas going to the Panto, is it's more of a cultural experience in the sense of, we go to the Panto because, you know, it's a tradition we do every year. We go to the Panto every year and it's really fun. And it's it's a part of the Christmassy festive experience, uh, festive period. Um, so there is that to it. There's certain, I think because of when Panto happened, that lends it a certain atmosphere, a certain, I'm going to do the French thing now, I'm going to say it lends it a certain je ne sais quoi. No. Um, <laughs> a certain sort of. Because it's panto, there's so much uh, so much Christmassiness and festiveness associated with panto mm. that that automatically makes it different to a traditional play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the other kind of major thing would be the levels of the audience interact. You go to a play, and uh, traditionally, at least, I mean, this isn't the case for all theatre at all, mm-hmm. but in a very traditional theatre setting, you go in, you sit down, you watch the actors. The curtain goes down for the interval, mm. then you can talk to your friends, mm. you know. Um, whereas with the panto, it is expected and indeed encouraged that you will um, say, uh, say things, you know, shout things out. Mm. Granted, they don't want you heckling them during the entire thing. But there, there are particular points where you will be encouraged to boo or to, to cheer or stand up, mm. uh, do a little dance. Um, you know, I remember at one point, um, in one of the Pantos, we, the, as the audience, had to help. Uh, to make a there was a spell it wouldn't work basically because there was only two of them doing it two of the actors said right okay we, we need we need more more power to help this spell work can you can you guys help us Oh, and, and then you know we, we all would stand up and we'd all repeat the words of the spell together oh. and that gave it enough power that it would work of course I can't fail to mention there'll usually be some unlucky man in the audience who gets picked on by the panto Dave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> unlucky um, or very lucky <laughs> well
1: I mean it all depends doesn't it on, uh, on uh, whether that's the thing actually that going back to selling tickets people will always say oh i don't want to be in the front row oh i don't want the front row the front row is dangerous <laughs> um, <laughs> the front
0: row is dangerous.
1: some people some people enjoy it some people take the chance to be you know funny have fun with it and some people just find it very embarrassing mm-hmm. um but however they find it that is part of the tradition that makes it different to a traditional play is that the actor's will talk to the audience they will come into the audience you know walk through the audience and talk to them you know at one point you know that they're going on a journey to this castle or whatever they'll come through the audience we're all here to see the panto and have fun we're probably gonna at some point be told to stand up and do a dance but it's part of what happens yeah whereas whereas in a normal play if you were asked to stand up a dance i imagine a lot of people would go This isn't what we signed up for. (laughs) No, thank you. I don't don't want to do a dance, thank you. There is a fourth wall, but it is broken so frequently, it might as well not be there. Um, (laughs) It's more like a a fourth window that keeps getting left open. I
0: feel like I should have a bit of
1: audience interactivity
0: right now. Do you want to hear another question from Kat? (laughs) Yay! Yay! Um, So... Boo! <laughs> no! Oh, how dare you! <laughs> so, uh, we talked about how the shows
1: differ. The style of performing is very different. I believe it comes from the Comedian dell'arte tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, the sense of there being stock characters. So there's a sense of that you you know the characters, you're familiar with them, and therefore that allows the actors to kind of play up different elements of them. Mm. And something that I I don't think I've touched on yet, but something I particularly enjoy about Panto mm-hmm. is how they'll always Make lots of local references ah, um, yes. And make lots of references to things that people in the audience Will understand Like it, This happens every single Panto I'm sure The narrator will say that they're travelling to the most Terrifying place In all of Fantasia And they'll look at the audience and go "Glenn Rossis <laughs> <laughs> Very sort of tongue in cheek Very aware I've always found with the first few nights of the Panto Because they're just kind of getting into the swing of things there'll often be moments where they'll break character. Um, and I'm sure that happens later on as well, but I remember one we got to see, as the staff, we got to see the preview. Um, and at one point, unfortunately, I can't remember the context or anything, but something happened. Um, and the Panto Dame and the and the villain both just cracked up and were just laughing and the the action was stopped for a couple of minutes while they got hold of themselves.
0: <laughs> i I actually remember I was um it was it was Cinderella and it it was it had the um obviously the ugly stepsisters, the mum. But in this play the dad was alive. He was just a bit ineffectual. The two ugly stepsisters were played by men. Uh ironically enough, mm-hmm. they were both pretty fit as far as I remember. <laughs> They're both quite a hunky men, like wearing this dresses so i wouldn't really describe them as ugly but they were fun um and at the end obviously um cinderella wins and finally the father gets the courage to stand up to the wife and the two daughters and tells them off and he's and basically he says right the boot is going to be on the other foot for a bit you're going to do everything for cinderella you're going to and he was he meant to say you're going to cook for her you're going to clean for her but yeah what he ended up saying was you're going to cook for her you're going to clean her <laughs> <laughs> oh no and everybody burst out laughing and the two actors were we're gonna clean her <laughs> they completely broke character just to well thought you know what I mean they reacted mm. as if that was said in narrative <laughs>
1: yeah that, that's one of the things I just love about. Panto is that something a flub will happen and they'll roll with it. Yeah, I imagine it must be so tiring for the actors um, because obviously they've got to have this, have to have such stamina and have all this energy. But I just get the sense that even that, that no matter which which time that day they're doing the show, they might have done two shows that day, they might be zonked. But there's always a sense of you know energy and fun because for every audience, it might be their first time seeing a panto. It might be their first time seeing that show it might be their first time seeing a panto altogether. yeah and so you can't let it you can't let that slip you you want exactly. to give
0: everyone the best the the best time they could have
1: yep yeah. and and that means that if something goes wrong you roll with it you make it funny and it and it's part of the humor i mean having having spoken to the backstage they do seem they definitely seem to be having fun anyway and um and as i think i've said before but i'll say it again we really miss them <laughs> oh we miss we miss our pantomime actors.
0: We miss our family in all senses of the word, and I—I I for one am certainly looking forward to seeing everyone again.
1: Definitely, yeah. That's that's a very poignant, poignant note there. <laughs> Definitely, an atmosphere that is very much missing from the theatre right now. Um, we're 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 not selling tickets at the moment, thinking about this time last year when it would have been packed to the rafters, people we know would have been getting their ice cream, there would have been Mariah Carey, yes it can be annoying, but you would have been hearing Mariah Carey yeah. doing her all over for Christmas shtick. And you think, man, I miss I miss that. I miss Mariah Carey because it's just such a such a big deal, um, not just for us as a theatre mm-hmm. but just for so many families and for so many, you know, groups and friends and even just single people like me who just like to go by themselves and just have a laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, It's such a big tradition, such a part of how we celebrate um, Christmas in Scotland. And it's just a real shame. But we look forward, hopefully, to when the Pantos back this time next year. Yeah, well, let's let's all keep our fingers crossed.
0: Let's all obey the rules. Let's, Let's try and contain this spread as best we can so that we can have pantomime and and visiting family next year definitely thank you so much cat for coming to speak to us today it has been a genuine pleasure as always
1: oh thank you very much i've really enjoyed it as well thank you oh thank you and um I feel like I'm going to have
0: to end this episode with a, a pop song to keep in spirit with that sort of thing.
1: You're going to have to end it with um, All I Want For Christmas Is You, don't, don't you? Use, use that to play us out. All I want for Christmas oh, we need Oh, God, we need to cut this. I cannot sing. Cut this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, 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 I love you, man. Oh, you too. This has been great fun. Thank you. Well, hopefully we will see
0: uh, see and hear from you on the podcast soon. As Vickery says, Because it's a traditional thing and a Christmas thing, kids have grown up with it. It's inherent in their genes. They take their kids and then those kids will grow up and take their kids. Pantomime has brought such happiness throughout the years, and we salute it, probably accidentally slapping the person next to us and descending into a comedic brawl. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a story that you'd like us to read, then contact us through our Facebook page and subscribe if you would like to hear more. We wish you all a very merry holiday season. This has been a Yorick Radio production.